listening to the Stupidity in Your Ear podcast. Here comes the stupid. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the pros and cons of the use of Windows Vista a complete technical support and troubleshooting, and a complete tutorial and breakdown of every possible feature and tool available in Windows Vista. Yes, we'll also be doing you, a deep okay. comparison with uh, Google Chrome, um, how Google Chrome runs on Windows Vista, um, and whether or not you should use Mozilla Firefox. And if you use Mozilla Firefox, is it beneficial to have 17 tabs open and running at the same time or not? Yes, so some of you may have heard recently that Windows Vista has been shut down permanently by Microsoft, but never fear, as many of us have not upgraded from our early 2007 and younger systems that we were operating on. So anyway, let's just go forward with the use of Windows Vista. I think we can all agree, and Samuel, I'd love for you to expand on this, that Windows Vista is purely the best uh, operating system that's available, even including the newer, faster operating systems. But Windows Vista has a series of mm-hmm. of great tools and techniques that uh, separate it from the pack. Sam, would you like to explain on that? Well, I think it's pretty clear, Calvin. Um, well, because yeah, w- when you look at the facts, Calvin, you look at each of the individual facts and comparing Windows Vista with every other operating system, every single fact is better. And that's just that's just clear. And that's a fact in itself. Mm-hmm. And and every person who uses Windows Vista has an IQ of 147. And that is also a fact. Um, it, you know, the 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 RAM that, that Windows Vista has is is so much more RAM than every other storage mm-hmm. um, company. Absolutely. Um, and not only is that the case, but you also well, get Sam. Uh, do you, I don't mind. I don't want to interrupt you, but we actually right. have a caller coming in here. Just oh. a second. Let me uh, take their call. Yeah. Yes, sir. I had a problem um, with my operating system. It's it seems to be frozen, and I'm trying to print, and it's not printing. Sir, have you tried turning your system on and then off again? Yes, I've tried that like three times. Okay, why don't you do it again for me? Why don't you turn Mm -hmm. it off? Uh, Could you wait 10 seconds and then turn it back on? Yes, sir, I'll try that. Okay, in the meantime, we're just going to just talk about, again, some of the more positive sides of Windows Vista. And Mm -hmm. you've heard there's troubleshooting, but that's with every system. You're going to have problems and such. Um, So, yes, and you're talking about RAM, um, Mm -hmm. but also gigabytes as well. There's so much gigabytes and gigahertz. Um, But I think one of the biggest... um, Biggest plus sides with uh, Windows mm. Vista is the atmosphere and the SX. Sir, yes, sir, yes. Sorry, I didn't want to interrupt you. No, you're, sir, you're uh, I turned it back on and I'm still having trouble with the printing and the processor. Yes, sir. Have you tried uh, turning it on and off again? Yes, sir. We just talked about that. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and turn it back off and turn it uh, back on? And then after that, we're going to walk you through a complete breakdown of the diagnostics. Mm. God, this guy's a moron. Yeah, honestly, I don't know what's wrong with this guy. He was. Yeah. It's pretty simple. I mean, Windows Vista is pretty simple. <laughs> Everyone knows it's that. Pretty, Come I mean, on. It's a complicated system, but it's very user-friendly. Well, its interface is, is very user-friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway. No, but, uh, but I think one of my personal favorite things is because it is a Windows, um, a Windows product, um, you get 24-7 personal contact with Bill Gates. And that's just something that, that that Apple can't offer. You know, Steve Jobs is dead. Get over it. Bill Gates is still alive and you get his phone number when you have Windows Vista. And that's just a fact. That was so well put. Um, uh, yeah, I think that first... <laughs> people, people say I'm eloquent with words when I talk about computers. And you know what? They're right. I am. Trying to phrase my words carefully. <laughs> well, you'll never be as eloquent as me. So yeah, um, I think for Steve Jobs to have abandoned the job like this was very irresponsible, and you can see that Windows disappears. <laughs> can't do that anymore. <laughs> I tried to do that like three or four times. I was like, "Nah, I can't do it." <laughs> I would end it. I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't believe that. 
But but on a serious Ooh. note, Windows Vista is the best operating system. It is a, it is a great down. operating system, and I just want to yeah. put uh, put a little RIP out for Windows Vista that's been officially shut down. Oh, uh, wait, Calvin, our, our caller's back on. Caller's back on. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. So, can you walk me through the diagnostics report? Oh my god, this guy. This guy's a moron. Yeah. Tell him, you know, you should tell him to turn the computer off and back on me. <laughs> well, I bet he'd mess that up. Well, uh-huh. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go back to him, sir. Yeah, sorry to put you on hold. Um, anyway, why don't you go ahead, hit the uh, power button. That's on the bottom left part of your screen. Okay, why don't you press the maintenance report button? Yeah. Okay. Uh, what should I do next? Are you gonna want to head? Go ahead and hit continue. I already did that. Okay. Don't to allow ahead. cookies. <laughs> You're gonna allow cookies? All cookies? Mm-hmm. I thought you weren't supposed to do that, sir. No, trust me on this one. Trust me yeah. on this one. Windows Vista gets pretty hungry. You gotta feed it. Yep. All right. So you should be, be you should be brought to a screen that says do a complete uh, restart and abandon all files and personal mm-hmm. information that's been stored in your computer. Going to go ahead and hit yes to that. Tell, tell them it won't actually delete everything. It's going to put yeah. in a special file holder called the um, trash can. Um, yeah. So. Trust me, sir. Go ahead and just press that complete continue. You have to enter your password. Why don't you go ahead and say that out loud for everybody? Um. Is that really necessary? Yes, it is. Okay. Well, it's Danny DeVito. Uh, two capitals on the Ds. Danny DeVito is my is my future daughter's future husband. All right. Is there any capital letters besides the two capitals in the D? No, sir. All right. Thank you, sir. And then, anyway, you're going to go ahead and uh, just restart your entire system. You're going to get a complete reboot, have to pretty much restart the whole system. But, anyway, thanks for calling in. Appreciate that. All right, Sam, we're back. Wow, that was, that was, that guy had a personal password. Gee whiz. Yeah, honestly, what a moron. Everyone hopes for that, but do you really yeah. need to your password? I mean, Seriously. Come on. come on. I know. Anyway, anyway we're going to yeah. break down all of the uses that you can use in PowerPoint for the next 45 Dude, minutes. I, I love working for Ribbit Computer. It's like my favorite thing. Yeah. Such a good job. Doing a live uh, streaming from Ribbit yeah. Computers. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, that lasted forever. So. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. Let's do it again. Let's like... just do it again. <laughs> My improv with the with the little character that I did there was really good. <laughs> anyway, oh, was, uh, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. It is your boys, future you, Ribbit Computer employees. <laughs> yeah, if you made it this far in, we're really glad to have you. You know. Yeah, thank you guys. Here's my other thoughts. We could do that, or we could play a game of Uno live for everybody and just uh, see who wins. Are you kidding me, Calvin? Yeah. That was my idea at the beginning, and you shot me down. And now yeah. you're going to bring it back up? Yeah, my bad. <sighs> Seriously with this? Come on, man. Oh, I thought about it, and I was realizing that I'd have to mail you half the deck of cards. And so mm-hmm. really wouldn't be like the smartest thing. Well, I guess it could work, but... It might work. I could draw yeah. cards, like cut them out on paper and and draw them and color them. Yeah, that might be worth it for next episode. So. Why don't you work on okay, that cool. for the next I'll, go, I'll work on that, yeah. Yeah, perfect. Mm. Anyway, um, I was thinking we could probably break down the various outfits that were worn in the French and Indian War, starting with uh, the French and moving, then progressing towards the English and then towards uh, the Native American uh, people. Yeah. I think what stood out most to me about the French was the uh, the coats that they wore. Yeah. Um, the coloration is incredibly vivid. Um, I think that when I think about war, I think of mm. gore, I think of yeah. uh, trenches, I think of really a dirt, grime, but yeah. the French yeah. really stood, they really stood alone in their classiness and their preparation for mm. the war, and no matter win or lose, they still looked as if they were a group of 
uh, fine upperclassmen. Right. I think that really stands apart for the but, French, well, at least. And that's such a good weapon in war. You know, to know that your enemy is, as far as class goes, far superior than you, is <laughs> intimidating. You know, because I think it's far easier to kill someone who is below your class than it is to punch above your belt. You know, it's hard to go up, 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 up in the weight class. Um, and speaking so of correct. of styles, um, yeah, I, I particularly enjoy the uh, the Indian um, style because it's it's very simplistic, you know, mm-hmm. it's very minimalistic, um, and it is, you know, maybe a a, a, a coon pelt, and that's about it. Um, and there's there's a there's a beauty to that, you know. I I would agree. I think when you look back at American history, there's a there's a dense dense history of of culture that is intermixed with the uh, Native Americans, whether that is uh, us abusing them or us taking away their land or us abusing our power or just straight up lying to them. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have a rich culture with them. And I think that Mm -hmm. there's a lot of respect there, um, if not at least one way, which I think is great um, for one way of it. But I think going back to their outfits, you can see how they would use the entirety of the buffalo uh, which oh, yeah. is just impressive. Well, most um, people don't know that, you know. Most, yeah, most people, people don't know that. Are not fact, aware. You know. Um, also, I've heard a fact that a hundred percent of Native Americans stayed in teepees. Mm-hmm. And that so, is true. Uh, That's true. Which is very interesting. In a war scenario, it'd be interesting to understand how that would play out with several cannons and gunshots yeah. being fired. Well, what, what's so effective? What's so effective about the teepee is that you can have a Native American pop out of the top of the TP to shoot at enemies, um, which most people don't know that that happened, but it really did. Um, and also, wow. I think the the speed, the maneuverability of TPs is really nice um, because you can have Native Americans on the inside of the TP running around with the TP. So it's just, it, it's, it's intimidating. It's this cone that's moving fast over the land with people running. And it's very intimidating because there's somebody on top shooting uh, a, either a rifle or a bow and arrow and um, that is that's that's like a that's first first conception of a tank right there. I was and just thinking. To be that. fair, the armor that. is non-existent. It's just mm-hmm. animal skin. But I mean that that can sometimes deflect you know one tiny bit of shrapnel or mm-hmm. or a, a, a stray rock that got kicked up by a horse. You know, and that's better than nothing. That's really better than nothing. So absolutely. And what I, not to, I don't want to circle us back around back to the French, but yeah. it, it just I'm thinking again about the vividness of mm. the colors that are in their their outfits and yeah. the lavishness of their coats, really. But it was really when, a social event. Oh, really? It really yeah. was, and the I they I believe they had a bluish purplish hue, like a nice uh, ripe plum. Of right. sorts, yeah. um, so you can imagine, you know, imagine you're on the English side and you see a bunch of plums with monocles yeah. chasing after you. Yeah, right. And you got some well, teepees running at you, and and if I were an Englishman, <laughs> I'd be running to dump more tea in the harbor. If you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, well, and I think what's so interesting about the French um, is that it's actually, and and little few people know this, it's illegal to be. French and not always have a beret and a scarf. So, so really. yeah. So underneath, they didn't even wear helmets because their berets are so beautiful. I guess that makes sense. That yeah. No one would even think of trying to shoot at the head, and mm. in that way, it was a better defense than a helmet would ever be. Well, the English um, would trade their helmets for the berets, actually, because I, right? that's why they didn't shoot for the head. Is they want to protect the berets for right, when they right, right. And the scarf destroy. naturally um, traps heat. And, and makes you sweat more, which oils your body up so that if a bullet grazes you, it doesn't cut you at all. It just bounces off with the sweat. Yeah, you know? yeah. of course. It's, yeah. It's, it's the most efficient system I've ever heard of. That really. is incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, but yeah, again, with the vividness of the colors, it's it's like a landscape that you're seeing, but it's really You're, you're just fighting a, an army of peacocks, you know? Y- and yes. And a peacock. And 
the French really were the definition of the first like peacockers, you mm-hmm. know, people who would go about um, strutting, flashing their flashy wings yep. and their flashy yep. petals to mm-hmm. impress a mate or uh, scare off an enemy. Yeah. And the French really demonstrated perfectly what a peacock can do in a natural war setting. That's so true. That is yeah. so true. Well said. And and I think, you know, the last thing I'll say about the French um, is the way they utilizes the way they utilize the way they utilize um, the baguette in war, um, mm. because it's such an effective way to feed an army um, yeah. because it, they're easy to bake. They're easy to carry. They're light. You know, you can put it uh, if, if you lose your sword. You know, because most of the officers had swords. If you lose your mm-hmm. sword, you can put the baguette into the scabbard instead of your sword. And you can even, in, in dire circumstances, there's actually several stories and letters about men, Frenchmen, killing people with baguettes. And it is some incredible history, man. History is incredible. It's it's very cool, man. Um, and what I think, again, is so interesting about the way that that war played out is that I think, and we've covered this. Um, we've talked about this way too much, you know. <laughs> no, we haven't. But outfits, outfits aside, the French and Indians had a considerable advantage uh, over the Englishmen. Yeah. Um, and to see the Englishmen then win is uh, quite an achievement, an accomplishment. Yeah. Um, I want to say to the Englishmen who fought in that war and who uh, were generals and had the tactics for that war. Mm-hmm. Um, well done in defeating the French. That was a good job. Yeah. I think we can both agree that was a good job. Yeah. yeah. Um, especially because they were more drab, um, depression era, gray. Mm-hmm. And uh, imagine a cloudy sky. Yeah. Yeah. That would be what they would be wearing approximately. Right. Right. And so it's so fascinating that the. the flourished, the vivid, the contrasting bluish purple mm. plum hue eventually yeah. was not enough yeah. to defeat the English. It wasn't. And, and you know, that's the crazy thing about war. And that's why, you know, people say war is crazy is that colors don't necessarily win the war. And, and I think understanding this history um, really, really helps inform you when you're looking at the uh, revolutionary war, because, you know, the French only joined the war because of the, the French and Indian War, um, and they only joined so that they could clap back at the English, you know. Mm-hmm. And when they showed up on those boats in Yorktown, those boats were the most vividly decorated boats you've ever seen. Yes. Uh, it's Imagine just, you're at a cocktail really party of sorts, and you take all the cocktail party, the decorations mixed mm-hmm. with what would be your Mardi Gras your, your Mardi Gras celebration, celebration. Your celebration. Yeah. and you'd, you'd place that around a boat designed mm-hmm. for war, for storming mm-hmm. beaches. Yeah, um, and you'd place that yeah. that setting of the beach storming of the boats mm-hmm. and the contrast with mm-hmm. the decorations from what would be a Mardi Gras setting. You right. combine those, and that would be what a what a French warship would look like. Well, and, and I believe and would, in parts of the Caribbean that was portrayed in a very brief, accurately. Uh, I think yeah. in the, the the fifth movie, which we've all seen. But of course, yeah. Anyway, you were you were saying. Um. Well, and and they did this very intimidating thing where they would paint their cannonballs this purple plum hue, um, kind of translucent, but but clearly a cannonball. But it's very like. Uh, it's a color that's more of a feeling, more of an emotion than it is just strictly a color. And it really has this, this hueish effect on, on the people. Mm-hmm. And imagine that purple hue, uh, um, translucent purple hue cannonball that's purple, like a hue purple coming at you. I mean, that's, it's, yeah, it would that's be why, as if that's a, why the French won. Yeah. Know? It'd be as if a mutated plum or mutated blueberry yeah, was right. shot at you from, from a cannon and mm. and i'm guaranteeing you if you're sitting there you're thinking well <laughs> there's a blueberry heading towards my face at a yeah. at a and quick pace size of a watermelon you know yeah and uh if, if i don't dodge this sucker i'm, I'm probably going to be covered in blue paste yeah. so you can imagine they're distressed when they find out a much worse consequence so anyway it's incredible to see how history, the colors affected history i know yeah. i know man so, yeah. Next topic. 
next topic. So I think we talked that one out super well. Yeah. I, there's nothing else to say there. I think we can both say everyone's going to learn a lot about that. No, people, I mean, we've got knowledge. So, And I would encourage all of you to go back and look at uh, how colors have influenced a variety of different uh, settings, yeah. atmospheres, cultures, yeah. um, and especially relating to clothing, but maybe yeah. considering a few other things, hats. Right. Well, and, and this is actually something that I think ties in particularly well. Um, and I think the, you know how there's, there's lots of talk about, um, conspiracy theories about how the moon is not real. The moon landing is not real, particularly there's much debate about whether the moon is real or not, but the moon landing yeah. is considered to be fake. And, and this is why I think it's considered to be fake because it was filmed in only black and white and you didn't get that punch of a hue or, or, or a, um, a blue or a purple or a red or a green or, or a pink or a yellow or an orange um, or like a light purple or, or a very dark green or, or like a forest forest green or forest red um, or, or a blue yellow. Hunter green. Hunter green as well. Like you didn't a see camouflage, which, yeah, I mean, if there was camouflage, there's arguments as whether or not that would be seen of course. on camera, depending Probably on which not. camera you have. But right, right. But that's why people think the moon landing is fake, you know? I think that's a completely fair argument. I don't have a problem with the way that people have put out that argument in the past. Yeah. yeah. Um, keep talking. I'm, I'm going to grab something real quick and put it on my head. Um, I'll be right back. Sounds good. Uh, while Sam's gone, I'm just going to explain more in detail about the controversy of the moon landing. I think one thing that really sets apart... Uh, this controversy with others is there's pretty much no proof that the sun really mm. exists beyond what we see from the earth. And mm-hmm. so when a traveler sets, sets sail for the moon, it's a little bit questionable that no mm-hmm. one would take a video or a picture of some sorts or have right. a physical description of what the sun yeah. looks like from that yeah. from that point of view. And so with that being said, it's a little bit sus that no one would take a deeper dive into the into mm. the looks of the sun and take yeah. a video or a picture of some sort. Yeah. Um, that's one of the bigger theories that's going on. Well, and and something that I've read recently um and I'll, I'll talk about the hat in a minute. Um, something that I've read recently, um, because it's been proven that the Earth is flat. That's been proven over and over again. And um, somebody brought up, what if the sun is flat? Wow. I mean, and yeah, that's... Like, it would make sense, right? I... It would make a lot of sense. We've gotten to the point where I can't trust the media to tell mm. us the truth. And no. The same with scientists, where I think that the scientists are all involved in mm-hmm. an inner conspiracy, yep. where they're lying about the shape of all different objects. Yep. Are soccer balls really circular, <laughs> or have we been societally taught yeah. and conditioned yeah. yep. to believe a lie? I, and I, I don't think believe the latter has strange. to be true. Yeah, I don't believe yeah. it's a stretch because we've seen so many things yep. be proven completely yep. inaccurate yes. by quality research yes. done by people who are not involved with the field because they're not corrupt. And I right. think that's what sets right. us apart is that we have people involved yes. who have not been corrupted by the field of study that they're looking in. Mm-hmm. So they yeah. might be outside outside people, mm-hmm. someone who studied, say, philosophy or, say, right. a poetry of sorts. But they know that there's nothing that sets this world apart than a conspiracy. And a conspiracy right. – is happening in our government. I think that we should be watching and yeah. not even just our government, the world government, mm-hmm. the world government is yes. conspiracy against its people really. And, and, and speaking of all this, why, why you guys can trust us so much. Um, I've donned my conspiracy hat. Um, everyone knows that if you put a hat on your head made of tin foil, um, the tin foil will work to attract all of the lies of the conspiracies in the world to your head so that you know the truth. Um, and through wearing this tinfoil hat, um, I know the truth now. 
Um, and while Calvin does not have a tinfoil hat on, I have checked him out. I have fed him the truth. So he is just as trustworthy as me. So when you guys come to me, when you continue to send us the DMs about conspiracies that you have been sending us, um, we can we can tell you with certainty the truth because we know the truth. Um, and if you guys would like to make tinfoil hats of your own and begin to wear them as you listen to episodes, that would be very much encouraged. Um, and, and I think you should do so not to mention Calvin and I will be, well, we're, we started writing a, a, a book or some call it a manifesto or some call it, um, uh, 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 an edited Bible, whatever you want to call it, um, that we think we should hand out to all of our followers, um, because we have special teaching, special instruction given to us, um, through these tinfoil hats that no one else can access except for us. And so we think, therefore you guys should all follow us, should read our, our book, our manifesto, our Bible, um, and we're, we'll lead you into a new future. So, yes, that's my two cents right there. Well, thank you, Sam. I appreciate that. Um, and here's something that I just I've been thinking about, and I I haven't uh, done as much research as I would love to, but I mm. I've been in the midst of some online searching, some database, data, <laughs> database, database, <laughs> some database. Uh, Was it a largemouth database or a yeah, smallmouth database? A lot of yep. Anyway, I was searching, and tell me, tell me what you th- what 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 you think about this. Sure. Uh, the the very talented Ariana Grande, right? You know, very talented woman. Yeah. Uh, just such a talent. Um, mm-hmm. and would you agree that her rise to success has been quick? It has been quick, my friend. Um, yeah. You know, I saw the other day she beat a record held by the Beatles, and that was that was kind of the turning point for me when I knew that the um, that there was someone behind it. And I'm not going to name the Illuminati because that's kind of cliche, but there's a very powerful group, possibly the Freemasons, um, behind her um, that are manipulating the situation with puppet strings that we we can't see. I mean, you and I can see. Um, mm-hmm. But but normal people can't, um, and I I'm glad you brought this up because it needs to be discussed. Give me give me more of your thoughts on it. So, here's my thought. Seth Rogen has an incredible hold on the on the movie making industry, yeah. um, and he however does he does have his hold in the movie making industry. But many people don't know he has a large hand, a large group of friends that are involved in the music industry. And really. As we've seen, Ariana Grande has been a part of the music industry and the television industry, and I don't think it's very long before she makes her way into the movie-making industry. Mm. So, and you can say, I'm crazy, you listener, but I have done qualitative and quantitative research, Mm. and we all know that uh, correlation implies causation. Yes. And so Always. when I say this, I'm not saying this is a hundred percent a fact, but you got to look at the circumstantial evidence of her mm-hmm. complete rise mm-hmm. to fame from what was a, a Nickelodeon side character yeah. to now yeah. one of the, the largest streaming platforms. Mm-hmm. She's one of the leaders. And I think that it's, it's, a little bit coincidental, if not a conspiracy mm-hmm. to destroy the other artists that are around. And I will tell you what I believe. Seth Rogen had a love child with Ellen DeGeneres and Ellen DeGeneres gave her her rise to fame with several television interviews and Seth Rogen manipulated the industry to provide her several different avenues to gain mm. network of trust and a community and to gain build control. Yeah. Yes. And I don't think it's very long before those three, that family mm-hmm. has combined to make a powerhouse mm-hmm. that controls all aspects of industry wow. with Ariana Grande being the leader in yeah. the music industry at some point, mm. Ellen with one of the largest television shows of all time. <sighs> And yeah. Seth Rogen with several quality, quality oh, movies. He's such a good actor. He really yes. is. And, and a writer, an actor. I mean, he does it all. Yeah. But I believe that those three are involved in some way. And I do believe that Ellen DeGeneres had a love child with Seth Rogen. Wow. You know, I, someone who's as, as deep in the conspiracy world as I am has heard all of different parts and pieces of, of what you just said. Um, the, the different rumors that float around. 
but I've never heard someone put it together so concisely and so articulately. I'm a believer, man. I, I am a believer. Yes, um, I would. So. I, I do think the one thing that you could say that maybe is a problem with yes. the, um, the allegations that I'm saying oh, the love child are, theory, yeah, are yeah. questions regarding Seth Rogen and his wife. You know, would he, mm-hmm. would he, you know, cheat on his wife with Ellen yeah. DeGeneres? Um, and she's obviously not a problem with, with any of this, but I think mm-hmm. that, um, Seth Rogen could have done this before he was married or, yeah, yeah. or hear me out. Imagine you're sitting where you are sitting. You're yeah. wearing your tinfoil hat. You're right. doing a podcast. Ellen DeGeneres knocks on your door. Uh, oh wow! And she says, "I want to control this industry. Let's have a love child." What is what is your answer? Because I know what mine is. I yeah. know what mine is. If you yeah. like, I know what my answer is. Right, right, right. I say with some certainty that this is fact. That is wow. That's 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 compelling argument. And I think something that you're forgetting one thing though. Um, you're getting hung up on on Seth Rogen's wife and that whole thing, but I think, I mean, you and I can both clearly agree. One of the one of the things we most fundamentally agree on is that Mark Zuckerberg is a lizard robot, <laughs> and and the idea that Seth Rogen's wife could also be a lizard robot is entirely plausible in my mind, and and completely answers your question. So I think wow. we should just go with that. And there's you know? so much to go. One thing that we haven't even connected. Oh wow! Is, Let's hear it. So Seth Rogen was a was a, a minor part and uh, had a minor part with the production of a movie called The Social Network, which is about <laughs> Facebook oh. and Mark Zuckerberg. And guess who plays one of his Mark Zuckerberg's friends and characters is one of Seth Rogen's friends. And so wow. I'm I'm not that saying is like that the clearest connection I have yes. ever heard of. So maybe. Wow. Mark Zuckerberg has a sister alien lizard robot, and that's Seth Rogen's wife. And upon this reveal, Seth Rogen took a fair amount of benefits, money, yep. networking yes. to then apply into his personal life. My gosh. That's all. This is clicking. The gears are turning in my head, brother. And I think we're we're just on the we're just on the very tip of the iceberg of a completely completely inner Hollywood conspiracy to bring down the world through alien lizard robots. And and everyone knows our only hope is the one and only Danny DeVito. He's the only one that can save us from all of this. See, here he's the missing piece. He, how does he factor into this? Is the question. Uh, well, okay. First and foremost, it is clear that that man holds probably the most power a single man can hold. Um, I would agree. I think if he were in the French and Indian War, that would have been a very different ball game mm-hmm. for all parties considered. Right. And looking back at any type of conversation or dialogue, he would be the leader of yeah. such dialogues. Yeah. So. I think the um, the surprise factor is a, is is something that Danny DeVito has in his hip pocket. I mean, the man is four seven. Yeah. Who, who's going to imagine him t- destroying the evil conspiracies that are? And that are- maybe maybe I don't maybe there's something where Seth Rogen, Ellen, or Ariana is somehow related or connected to Danny, and so that would explain the the un- imbalance of power within the system. Yeah. Yeah. You mean, That's I could true. see Ellen being Danny DeVito's daughter. Yeah. I mean, the, the timeline, I think, would add up. Mm. But also um, striking similarities between the two of them. Mm. Well, and, and what strikes me so much is how history repeats itself, you know? And this mm. whole situation we find ourselves in reminds me um, so much of, you know, the old Greek people call it mythology but everyone knows that it's fact but 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 when the titans ruled over the greeks you know um and i think in the situation you know the the love child theory those people are the titans and and danny devito is is zeus um and he is the only one that's going to be able to take down the titans you know wow 
and you know, down, down the line, we're going to see um, uh, uh, a love child from Danny DeVito who will probably be Hercules. Um, as everyone knows, he was the son of Zeus. So I think I think now is a good time to speculate over who that will be if that person has already been born and just doesn't realize their Herculean heritage. Oh my God. Uh, I mean, we're we are right on the edge of a breakthrough. Breakthrough, my friend. Um, wow. With your Hercules talk, there's so many. I think the the one that people are going to jump to, which I think is completely baseless and merely coincidental, is Dwayne Rock Johnson. Yeah, oh, of course. That, yeah, yes. because I mean, and look at look at his past. I mean, he's played Hercules in a movie. Yeah. However, terribly. Yeah. I, the the circumstances for that just they seem like he's trying to make himself that savior. Yep. Whereas he clearly doesn't have the ability or have what it takes to become that Hercules. No, no, he does not. So other options that I've considered, um, uh, Steve Buscemi. I mean, I like he that. doesn't have the typical look mm-hmm. that many Herculean um, portrayals have seen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think that he brings a certain amount of charisma that is acquired by the Hercules character. Definitely. And while not as muscular or quote unquote buff as what the Herculean portrayal is, he has the stealth abilities and yeah. the tone that a modern day Hercules would probably possess. That's very fair. That's very fair, my friend. Do you, you know, have any uh, ideas? I for for years I thought it would be um, Paul Walker, but he really? um, he definitely just fell short. I mean, he was weak and he died, and that's not an excuse. Um, so he's definitely not the Herculean heritage that that I'm referring to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in in more recent years, I've uh, contemplated several different people, um, including. Um, at first, I thought the uh, the Paul twins, Logan and Jake Paul, had oh a bit my. of bit of strength, yeah. but but they have shown themselves um, more likely to be demigods of Hades himself. Um, so I've kind of written them off my list. Um, another strong contender, actually, I thought was Amy Schumer. Um, Okay, that's actually yeah. Sorry, explain it. I'm just I'm thinking um, expand on that. Sorry. Right, right, right. But but then again, like when I saw how much she was copying people with her jokes, I was like, the real Hercules wouldn't do that. Um, so wrote her off. Um, and at the moment, I'm pretty open to to considerations. Um, you know, I have I have people out in the field doing work for me, um, much like a baseball scout would be scouting at little league games. Um, I like to I make sure I'm visiting preschools consistently and and being on the lookout for yeah. her, for herculean uh heritage yeah. yeah and taking children who might be suspects for mm-hmm. possible positive yeah. influence or negative influence yeah. and isolating them in more of a quarantine zone right and force yeah, them to watch course. danny devito films um and, and shows uh, in order to understand their true heritage of yes. zeus you know and sorry, just, I just, I'm thinking just your Hercules idea is so brilliant. And something just, I think, came to me, and this might have been a vision of some sort or Makes sense. proclamation by the, uh, the, the galaxy yeah. of what is really going to tie this universe together. And I just got to ask you, have, have you seen the modern day retelling of many Shakespearean aspects, but also a, a cinematic exploration into the physique and the character drive. Have you seen Paul Blart Mall Cop 1 and 2? Of course I have, my friend. That is the foundation of my movie critique and yes. uh, enjoyment. And so there's another movie that stars uh, Kevin James where he is in uh, with Adam Sandler and I'm blanking on the name with grown like ups? Adam Sandler grown ups yes, yes. Right, and right. so another I, yes. in I believe there might be some subliminal messaging within the connected universe of Paul Blart Mall Cop and grown ups so during 
the movie of Grown Ups, I mean, the whole basis of the movie is these men growing up into their adult lives from a stage right. of adolescence. Right. And then you see Kevin James transition into a role where he's now the leading man, first off. But he's yeah. also – he is stepping outside of his comfort zone. He becomes – a mall cop, and he has the setbacks where he doesn't make the police academy that he desired. Yeah, but yeah. he makes the mall cop, and it's it's very Herculean to have the failure at the beginning and Definitely. then to overcome that failure and then succeed. And I think wow. what you see is the physique and the possible strengths that he has. I mean, you've seen. I mean, he under he destroyed an entire group that was trying to uh, rob the mall and kidnap hostages. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I think and, that's a great quality. Oh, of course. And and people want to hold to very conservative views of the Herculean heritage theory yes. of being like, oh, they, they have to be this this strong, fast person. But but you know, I, I I I try and stay towards more of the middle on that. And and where where Kevin James lacks in physical speed. Uh, as mall cop, his segue does make him far faster than a regular man could absolutely, run. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and what? Why can't that be the answer to the question? You know, exactly. With <sighs> the advancements of modern technology, there's no limit to what a Herculean character could accomplish in this sure. life. Yeah. Hmm. And so I think we have to readjust our ideas of how the world will be functioning within the next five to 10 years. Of course. Of course. Um, I think we're all agreeing on that. Yeah. Now, now Calvin, let me ask you, cause we've had this conversation before, but I think it'd be beneficial to have it again for our listeners. Yeah, yeah. Um, of course. It, we've talked about how this whole conspiracy um, is clearly portrayed in much art and much literature. And we've talked about the movie side a bit, but, but get, tell me the places where you think that this whole conspiracy is, is, the str- strongly portrayed in pieces of art or pieces of literature. And you can have a minute to think if you need it. Yeah, that's no, that's a great question. Cause um, there's such a plethora of different, um, different things to, to reference here. So, yes, I think, uh, the one that stands out to me and you might've thought this as well. Remind mm-hmm. me who painted the, I believe it's titled Scream with the mm-hmm. man who is screaming on, I think, a bridge. And he's got his yeah. face and he's got his hands on his face. I, and yeah, right, right, right. I think it's Cesar Chavez, but I'm not I'm not. OK, certain. so when I think when Cesar Chavez was depicting the pain and torment of that mm-hmm. scream, yeah. I have no real doubt that that was referencing the torment that Danny DeVito has gone through throughout his entire life. Definitely. I mean, with <laughs> undergoing the tutelage, the mm-hmm. tutelage of several Titans. Um, yeah. And in our humane struggle to overcome the burdens mm. of several different monsters in our lives yeah. that we all can, and I think we both know a few of them that we could both expand <laughs> on. Yeah, um, we could. But maybe for another time, yeah. or maybe now, we'll decide. Uh, so something that uh, one of the art forms that that I really think is one of the clearest depictions of of how this conspiracy is reigning in our everyday lives now is, um, you know, everyone understands that art takes a form um, that that is basically a mirror of culture, a mirror of society. Um, mm. So new ways of doing art are constantly coming to the surface, um, and I think uh, a, a way of art. A way of doing art that has recently come to the surface clearly portrays how terrible this conspiracy is and how how bad um, the um, love child theory um, is for humanity is depicted through this art form. And that's slam poetry because no one in their right mind likes yes. slam poetry. It is one of the most grueling and painful things to sit through and then to have to snap instead of clapping – um, to appreciate edgy um, middle schoolers, high schoolers, um, people who who feel like they're saying something edgy but really are not saying anything, um, having to sit through that is painful, and that is where I see the strongest um, proof of of the the love child theory. So, wow, I mean, you're 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 in it. I mean, mm-hmm. I think you've kind of reached the point where we can both 
explain without any real doubt in our minds that what we're saying is completely and totally right. accurate. Right. Um, I mean, if you guys could see, I'm, I'm wearing the hat right now. So yeah. And yeah. actually I just want to go back um, to talk what I was talking about. Some of the burdens that has uh, been put on us by society that we as humans are forced to shake off until we can see and understand yeah, the right. beauty of the gods and the Titans. Um, mm-hmm. Something that I think really sticks out to me is, when and this is crazy, and I think this goes back to the inner conspiracies within the government, within the mm-hmm. world, within science, to mm-hmm. distance families. And you've seen yeah. with with Ariana and with her parents, Seth and Ellen, mm-hmm. that there needs to be that closeness in order to gain the power to overcome these these strikes. Yeah. Um, one thing that sticks out to me is when when you were a young child. Uh, parents are encouraged to not uh, have their children sleep in the same bed as them. Mm. And I think, and hear me out with this, psychology has just arisen in the last 100 years. It's a very mm-hmm. new, quote-unquote, science. Mm-hmm. And what I, yeah. what, I would lo- what I would love to leverage, I'd love to leverage within, within these walls, these safe walls of this podcast, is, mm. that, is that psychology has been made to imprison these these people by separating them from the bonds of family. Wow. So I would like to suggest for all parents or future parents or children listening, sleep in the same bed as your children. I think if you are married, sleep mm. one spouse, child, or several children, then then the next spouse yeah. until they are moving out of your house. I'm believing that if you mm. sleep in the same bed as your parents until you were 18, mm. the power you've gained will be wow. significant. And I think that psychology has mm. ruined this idea because mm-hmm. they're trying to separate families. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, I mean, I, I wish my parents had done that with me. I know I'm very envious of you because yours did all the way up until you were 18. Yes. Um, but, but honestly, my friend, that is absolutely crazy. But you know what we say in our weekly meetings? The crazier, You're the truer. Correct. And, and, and I think, and, yeah, I think that stands wow. for itself. Yeah, it does. It does. And I want to just put it one does. more thing out there. Yeah, put it out there. <laughs> Before, your truth. And you're going to call me crazy. You're going to call me crazy. But I believe that folk music is music that was written by and you're trust me you're gonna think i'm crazy you were really gonna you're gonna think Uh, i'm crazy that'll be a compliment my friend they were written by what was people from asia that immigrated to america Uh on the ice bridge that connected the two countries icelandria yes they traveled from here and Mm -hmm. they wrote folk songs based on their travels and their experiences and with these we have taken manuscripts we've taken different types of paper products Mm -hmm. and substitutes and we've seen them be written down and we've taken these and be transferred them into folk songs and what this is really doing is this is worshiping the wrong idea wow because these are not the gods and titans that really rule over us uh-huh does that maybe i'm crazy that, you know at first i was like wow that is so crazy but but that's a good thing but but now i'm thinking well why on earth is a lot of folk music called bluegrass music and that is because exactly. in icelandria all the grass was frozen and everyone knows that ice is blue wow the last time you saw blue grass in America, my friend? Never. Never. If you're listening and you've seen blue grass in America, I would like to say that you're a part of a government conspiracy as well because there's no way this is done in some sort of coincidence. No. No. My, Calvin, Brother Calvin, we have, we have done some serious work today. We have uncovered so much truth. I mean, open your eyes, people. It's right in front of you. And 
for years you guys have been bogged down by the lies and the treachery of the people who are controlling this world. I mean, possibly Seth Rogen, Ariana Grande, and 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 Ellen DeGeneres. But also we've seen the power of alien lizard robots like Mark Zuckerberg and Seth Rogen's wife. Yes. (laughs) You don't think that Facebook bought Instagram on some coincidence, do you? (laughs) I mean, really to control all the social media. Yeah. They want pictures of our faces, people. Mm -hmm. If you cannot believe that Mark Zuckerberg is a lizard robot, then I don't want to speak to you because it is so true. It's so true. Exactly. Yes. (sighs) Anyway. Wow. But anyway, brother, you were correct that we have really uncovered some truths here. We have. We um, have. We're offended by what we found, and you, and you think there's no way, or what you're saying is mm-hmm. offensive to me. I want you to. I want you to really just go outside where you, where you're sitting. If it's daytime, go outside. Yeah. And if not, then wait till the next morning or the next afternoon, a midday, yeah. uh, to the sweltering heat of a of a noonday. Right. I want you to participate in an hour an hour of meditation where you sit mm. in silence and then after that, and you, you have your eyes closed, have your eyes closed for an hour mm. and then take the sun sunglasses off and stare directly into the sun mm-hmm. for a full 35 to 45 seconds mm-hmm. and, and fully tell me the, that the sun is not flat. There's a reason they don't want you to look at it, people. Nope. Not yep. because it'll burden your eyes. Don't believe that garbage. Nope. That is nope. that is garbage fed to you with the lies of the people in charge. Exactly. They're trying to get you to exactly. hide from the fact that we have a flat sun. And I believe mm-hmm. that clouds are man-made. Yeah. Clouds are <laughs> made clear. by man yes. Yes. to protect us from What do you think airplanes are in the sky for? Because they drag the clouds around the skies. There are clouds following planes. It's literally yeah. look in the sky, people. It's science, people. Come on. Anyway, brother, we yeah. we have covered so much. I don't want to overwhelm people with no, how much no. knowledge I mean, we know. We, we, we really need to take it slow. Um, if, if you're interested, please DM us and we'll send you the manifesto. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you, guys. I pray... Um, to Danny that you would hear this, you would be moved by this, that you would that you would move into a, a spirit of knowing and that you would open your eyes. A state of being. Danny being. You know? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Totally. A hundred percent. Thank you guys again. And May you be blessed by the knowledge that you've received today. May you be blessed by the knowledge you've received today. Thank you. Thank you. How do you turn this thing off? With the truth. <laughs>